Good? Okay. Okay, come on in and have a seat for class. Myers boys, come on in and grab your seats. Welcome to our 20th class. We're going to review question 19, and then we'll learn question 20 together. Let me open us up with a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, thank you for getting us here today with all your good plans for us. Thank you for your word. We look forward now to opening your word together, reading from it, and understanding who you are and what it is that you have done for us. We're thankful for this class. We're thankful for one another. We're thankful for your Holy Spirit whom you've sent to help us, God, to help us understand these things which are spiritually discerned. So do that in our hearts and minds today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's go back just a couple questions. Question number 16, I'll ask it and then we can say it together. Question 16, what is sin? Sin is rejecting or ignoring God in the world He created, rebelling against Him by living without reference to Him, not being or doing what He requires in His law, resulting in our death and the disintegration of all creation. Question 17, what is idolatry? Idolatry is trusting in created things rather than the Creator for our hope and happiness, significance and security. Question 18, will God allow our disobedience and idolatry to go unpunished? No. Every sin is against the sovereignty, holiness, and goodness of God and against His righteous law. And God is righteously angry with our sins and will punish them in His just judgment both in this life and in the life to come. Now today, we've got a new question. We'll say it once together. Is there any way to escape punishment and be brought back into God's favor? Yes. To satisfy His justice, God Himself, out of mere mercy, reconciles us to Himself and delivers us from sin and from the punishment for sin by a Redeemer. Okay, we have any kids today that want to answer question 19? <laughs> Alright, we'll start with you, Alexander. I'll ask you the question, 19. Is there any way to escape punishment and be brought back into God's favor? delivers us from sin and from mm-hmm. nice job Alexander nice suit too okay anyone else Titus stand up 
this up. Here we go. Today we're doing batteries. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you can have the battery too if you want. He looked, he looked at me so nice, but he was thinking, that is so lame. Good job, Titus. Anyone else? Okay. Let's say it one more time together. Uh, let me read it. Is there any way to escape punishment and be brought back into God's favor? Yes. To satisfy His justice, God Himself, out of mere mercy, reconciles us to Himself and delivers us from sin and from punishment for sin by a Redeemer. This is good news. Okay. Here we go. Question number 20. That last answer begs this question. Who is the Redeemer? Let's say it together. The only Redeemer is the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, in whom God became man and bore the penalty for sin Himself. Amen. So the only Redeemer is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the eternal Son of God in whom God became man and bore the penalty for sin Himself. 1 Timothy Chapter 2, verse 5 says, For there is one God, and there is one mediator. One mediator between God and men. And who is that one mediator according to 1 Timothy 2, 5? The man, Christ Jesus. This answer is almost a restatement of 1 Timothy 2, 5. There is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Mark Dever contributed the uh, part of the commentary to this question in the New City Catechism. Let me read you something he said. The Redeemer is Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God. The eternal Son of God became man and lived a real human life like ours. For little more than 30 years in the first century A.D., he lived like you and me. The only difference is that he always trusted God. He trusted Him entirely. So if you think of ways, this was helpful for me, so if you think of ways just yesterday and the day before that you should have trusted God and didn't, in those very times, Jesus obeyed God. When we talk about God's perfect obedience, Christ's perfect obedience, when we talk about His perfections, typically the first thing we think of is that He didn't break any of the rules. But actually, further in, He trusted God at all times. Remember, sin is anything that that does not proceed from faith. So Jesus was faithful all the time. Jesus was trusting God all the time. And you and I have learned that any time we sin, we can, we can trace that little sin back to not trusting God. I wasn't trusting God. My faith wasn't in God. I was trusting myself. I was putting faith in myself. I needed something else, I thought, 
more than I needed God. And so I ended up doing this, this bad thing. I ended up sinning. But at the root of it, at the heart of it, I wasn't trusting God. I wasn't trusting Him to be my Savior. I wasn't trusting Him to be good for, to me and to take care of me. I took maybe matters into my own hands. I, I wasn't trusting that, that His opinion of me is the only opinion that matters. And so I let the opinion of someone else get to me and it made me anger, whatever it is. So it's always not trusting God that's at the base of all our sin. So think of you know this morning, yesterday, the day before, those times when you, you haven't trusted God. Have you, have you been worried in the last week? Well, we know worry is a sign of not trusting God. Have you been anxious the last week? It's a sign of not trusting God. Have you become angry this last week? It's a sign of not trusting God. So every time, every little time that I don't trust God fully and completely, Jesus had those same temptations, of course, on a daily basis, and yet He never once, not for a moment, didn't trust God. It's pretty incredible. He trusted, Mark Dever says, that what God knew was better, that he should follow his Father's will. And he says, when I look back at my own life, I know that I haven't lived like that, but the Redeemer, Jesus Christ, has. He is called the Redeemer. And he is called the Redeemer because he redeems his people. He, and he uses this phrase, resets our value what it means to redeem something. So I was thinking this past week, we used to, we used to save up all of, our, all of our cans and all of our bottles at the, and all of our, our, our plastic at the Myers house because they have what's called in California, a, we still save them, but my father-in-law, he takes them. Uh, but we used to save them up because if you look at a lot of them, like I've got this plastic bottle right here, and it says CA, California CRV, CRV. Does anyone know what that CRV stands for? Yeah, I can't hear right now, but it's California Redemption Value. So, in other words, this is worth something to California. It's not worth anything to me, right? When this is, I actually had some, and they were in my other car. I forgot to bring them, but you know, I took out some of our recycled, some smashed up cans and some smashed up bottles. And you look at those, and they're not valuable. They're not, they're not worth anything. They've got a can pressed down and, and smashed, and you know it's got rips and cracks in it. I mean, it, it, that's, that's good for nothing. There's nothing that you can, can do with that. It's, it's, it's worthless. And yet, you can find a spot on that smashed can or bottle that says CRV. It has a redemption value. So, so what would we do? We would gather all those up and um, sort them out. And then we'd take them down to one of these recyclers, and then they would weigh them. And then what would they hand us back? They'd give us, they'd give us money back. So it had value. It had value to them. And so then, because it had value to them, now it had value to me. It was worth something because they said it was worth it. They didn't say it was worth anything. If they weren't going to pay me for it, they were going right to the dump. They were going right to the trash. But they said, California says, it's worth something. And so then when they pay me, now it makes it valuable. It makes it worth something. So who is Christ? He is our Redeemer. He redeems us. He takes something that otherwise has no inherent value, 
and He gives it value because He purchases us. This is what Christ the Redeemer does. He valued us so much that He paid the price. And what was the price He paid to redeem us? His own life. The price of His own life to purchase us. To redeem us. An old smashed can does not look valuable. But, at least in California, it is because some, why? Because somebody wants it and is willing to pay for it. So you and I may not look all that valuable. You and I may not feel all that valuable. But we are because someone wants us and is willing to pay for us. And who is that? That's our Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it wasn't some token price that He paid. It was His own life that He gave. It's incredible to think about. He is our Redeemer. This is again Mark Dever. He is our Redeemer. He has valued us. Though we have thrown our own lives away by not trusting in our Heavenly Father, by not obeying Him, and by not fearing Him, He actually came and gave His own life in our place. He lived a life of trust. And He died a death that He didn't have to die. But He did it because of His love for us. He gave Himself entirely for us so He could, as the Bible says, be our Redeemer, the One who rescues us. Final paragraph. The image of redemption in the Old Testament is one of God rescuing His people from Egypt, pulling them out of bondage, out of literal slavery. In the New Testament, Jesus the Redeemer rescues us from our natural state of being in bondage to sin, of serving ourselves in destructive ways. But God, in His great love, sent His only begotten Son, who lived a perfect life, died on the cross, and then rose from the dead in order to bring us to Him. To redeem us. That's what we mean when we say that Jesus Christ is our Redeemer. I look forward to memorizing this with all of you this week. Question 20. Let's say it one more time and I'll pray. Who is the Redeemer? The only Redeemer is the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, in whom God became man and bore the penalty for sin Himself. Let's pray. Our Father in Heaven, thank You for this truth. Thank You for sending Your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, We are thankful that He came and became the man and bore the penalty for sin Himself. Because if He didn't come and if He didn't live and die in our place, then You tell us that we would still be lost in our sin. We would still be enslaved to our sin. We would still be alienated from You separated from You forever. But as 1 John 3, 1 says, because of Your great love for us, You've saved us through Your Son, Jesus Christ. 
thought of all these truths that we've already memorized, these questions and answers, we do pray that this week that you would stir our hearts to love you more as we think about this fact, that the only Redeemer is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the eternal Son of God. In Him, God became man and bore the penalty for sin Himself. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this in Your name. Amen.